Blog Talk Radio. In a world where everyone is a social media guru, there is one lodestone, one brightest point in the sky, one true north. Uh, we have no idea where that is, but we've been here every Tuesday since August 2008, bringing you the absolute best and brightest guests from the world of social media and internet marketing. Welcome to Social Media Edge Radio. And now it's time to get this show on the commode. Here's your host, Ken Cook, and co-host Mike Mueller. Uh, yippee, as they say, and I'll just go ahead and say that I'm calling in from a tunnel. <laughs> you sound great in a tunnel. <laughs> Welcome to the tunnel. Welcome to Social Media Edge Radio. This is Season 9, Episode... What is this? Twenty seven? Uh yeah, well, okay. In the numbering system that we're using currently, yes. <laughs> it may change tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Suffice it to say we've done a lot of episodes and if this is your first time listening in, welcome. Uh we're a little different. I mean if you listen to some of the shows on uh, cable television that have multiple people that sit around and poke fun at uh, movie stars and Hollywood. And we're kind of like that, only for social media. And it's Mike and I, West Coast, East Coast. Uh, Mike, say hello to them from the West Coast and tell them some of the things we talk about. Well, hello, first of all, I guess, to all of our listeners, both (laughs) live and... um... I'm going to just say iTunes, but it could be any number of things because our show gets syndicated out to a a gazillion different things. But we talk about everything, not necessarily social media, but everything about your business uh, tech-wise, small to medium-sized businesses, we'll say, uh, how to improve your business, how to make it all better uh, in social media. That's a great thing. Um, And Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. we do that, when we talk about social media, we always talk about your hub. Your hub would be where your website lives, and that's actually kind of our show today, the topic of our show. Yeah, at the very, very core of it. In fact, we'll just go ahead and tell the folks, Mike and I both um, have a digital marketing content creation and uh, web development, uh, not only background, but currently. So one of the biggest questions that we both are often asked is, Where should I host my website? And we're going to take a little dive into that deep, deep pool um, today because that Mm -hmm. is a very commonly asked question. So if it is your first time, there is a chat room. The chat room uh, is open somewhere around here. Uh, You just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash smedge and click on chat live or whatever it says. I can't actually see the front end of the website, Mike. Does it say chat well, now, chat live? The, you can actually give the, the phone number up top, so you can actually call in if, you, if you've got an opinion you want to be a guest. But chat, sure. you have to actually scroll down, and if it's not there, it's underneath the show description and that kind of thing, but if it's not there, got to hit refresh because it's this JavaScripty. Uh, flash-based uh, whatever. And we don't have control over that. But. There, and 
Yeah, you can come chat in the chat room. We got a birthday coming up next month. We're going to have two birthdays, actually. We're going to have the, I guess we'll call it the Conception Day, uh, because in uh, August of uh, 2008, I started doing a show on Ustream. Uh, and then it later switched over to another radio type thing. And then finally in December of 2008, um, was joined by Jason Crouch and moved to Blog Talk Radio. So we'll have a, we'll have an mm-hmm. August birthday, and then we'll have a December birthday. Yep. Two parties, Mike. Two parties. How can we I can't on? wait for cake. <laughs> No, I know you. You're waiting for cinnamon rolls. Um, we have a new segment that we've added this year. It's not new anymore. It was new earlier this year. At the beginning of the show, we introduce a couple of tools, and often they're relevant to the discussion that we're having, and sometimes they're not. So I'm going to just kind of tease you that today ours are going to be kind of relevant to SEO and search engine placement and search engine marketing. Mike, why don't you take off first? I know you've used this tool a couple of times before, and I really like it, and I don't think that we can tell the people about it enough. In fact, if you're listening and you're at a computer, mm-hmm. you need to play along. Mike, what's your tool? <laughs> All right, so my tool today, um, and uh, these things, so where I come up with these things, sometimes they relate to the topic, sometimes they don't, and, and this and that, but... Uh, this particular thing, I happen to be, I'm building a website for somebody, and they're, on the front page, what they're doing is they've got a couple of different buttons, and hey, if we move this here and we do this here, are we going to get more clicks, less clicks, that kind of thing. So they're kind of looking at moving things around. So each one of those clicks on those buttons and where they go, we want to track, and there are wonderful heat map uh, type things and click tracking things and stuff like that. But one of the simplest ways for them, because I'm going to say they are low tech and you don't have to be a high tech client. You can be a low tech client and they are, they want something very simple. So mm-hmm. Google has a URL shortener and that would basically mean you could put in this huge domain name URL permalink thing and shorten it down to something very quick and simple, really itty-bitty. And that's what I'm doing is I'm using that. So to find that, you just go over to, well, it's kind of Google, but it's G-O-O dot G-L. Mm-hmm. And so it, it almost kind of spells Google. And when you do, what you could do is, I mean, it's absolutely free. It comes from Google. And what you could do is you could just actually just put in your URL, and it will shorten it. And that URL could go absolutely anywhere. So if you've got um, affiliate uh, links that you're doing or if you're you know, going over to Amazon or what have you, and you want to track how many people actually clicked on this particular link, you can use that uh, very simply, that Google tool. And what it does, I think it does a great job as far as that goes because it also tracks you can actually go in and look, which is why we're doing this, is we're going they're able to go in and look at that URL or look at the data of who clicked on that. Not necessarily who clicked on it, but you know, what browser were they using, what platform were they using, where'd they come from um mobily, you know, with, you know, how many 
how many mobile clicks was this? And so you can really see, uh, you know, how many people clicked on this when it was up at the top? How many people clicked on this one when it was at the bottom? That's my tool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, while you were talking about that, I was thinking of something that I did recently where I gave multiple people a link <clears throat> back to a website. And for each one of them, I created a Google short link. So now I can go and look and see how many uh, clicks each one of those got. It's not like you say, mm-hmm. it's just down and dirty, super simple. doesn't give any metrics. It doesn't tell you where your traffic came from or all of that stuff, but it tells you it click, it counts the clicks. And it also makes it easier to share with people um, various ways. In fact, if I recall, they give you a, um, a QR code to go along with you can, you want it. That's the other thing. If you're really into QR codes, which I don't know how many people are, but you can that also gives you a QR code that you can take that and it's I think a PNG image, and then make it into anything you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know that reminds me, we need to do another show on QR codes because I love them. And I love the possibility of them, and I love some of the things that I'm I'm seeing done with them. Um, I recently joined Planet Fitness, and each machine in Planet Fitness has a QR code. So for new workout folks that don't know how to use that machine, they can snap that QR code, and it takes them to a video of how to use that workout machine. Perfect use of uh-huh. a QR code. Well, almost perfect. For me, that actually they would have another QR code on there so that I could snap it put in how many repetitions I did and what weights I used, so I'm tracking my workout. Um, But I've seen some great uses of QR codes, and I've seen some stupid uses of uh, (laughs) QR codes. Uh, We have an an old friend that we haven't seen or talked to to in a while, um, also from the California area, who's a big speaking name in the real estate world. not sure exactly what he really does. I think he creates video marketing stuff. Anyway, uh, several years ago on the show, we had a, almost an argument about because he just didn't think that they even needed to exist. Um, but I'm I'm I love them. Anyway, that's a completely mm-hmm. separate topic. Let me let me get out of that rabbit hole. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> my tool today is for the person who wants some good generic basic SEO analytics. Um, it's not as deep as, as I still offer an SEO analysis for $199, uh, the $199 that does a lot of things. It crawls your site, gives you broken links, finds broken images, images of missing title tags, all that stuff. However, you might not need that for a real quick down and dirty thing. And Neil Patel, everybody ought to know Neil Patel by now, has mm-hmm. over his website a pretty basic uh, but valuable SEO analyzer. And you simply go there and put in your URL, whatever URL you want to analyze, and it gives you some really good uh, results, really just basic things that it finds on your page. And it's, it's free. Now, Neil, of course, wants to sell you some more services because that's how he got to be a multimillionaire. And if you want to buy them, certainly they're there to purchase. But it gives you 
a couple of things that other ones don't give you. And if you go to it and you scroll almost all the way to the bottom, and it gives you your page level speed test. Uh, now, we've talked about speed tests on the show before. Yeah. This one's a little bit different, a little easier to, to understand. You had a comment, sir. No, I'm actually, I'm, I'm running, actually, on my site, I'm running his tool right now just to see. Okay. Um, what you'll find down at the bottom there is it gives a load time analysis. Now, if you go to Pingdom Tools, you get this huge waterfall thing, and it shows all these, and it's excellent. If you know what you're looking at and, and you see it, it's great. So Neil just puts it to the basics. He just tells you how much of your load time belongs to images, how much of it belongs to scripts, how much of it belongs to HTML, how much of it belongs to CSS, and how much of it belongs to other, which could be um, caching or other uh, websites that you might mm -hmm. be tied to. And it also gives you the size of the web page. Uh, so you got your download speed, you got your size, you got how many requests there are made per page. That's my biggest complaint about WordPress. One of my biggest complaints about WordPress is that it has so many requests back to your server. And each one of those requests requires time. But you can see that there. Mm -hmm. It's uh, tools.neilpatel.com slash, I'm sorry, you don't have to put the tools. It's just neilpatel.com slash SEO hyphen, a little dash, uh, analyzer. Did you get your results, Mr. Mueller? It's working on them. Um, oh, I keep getting these pop-ups. Here's the one thing with, with Neil, and yes, Neil's a, a big marketing guy. Um, when you go to the page, you're going to get a huge pop-up that's going to say, I you know, want to hire you or what have you. I just got another pop-up that says, uh, follow Neil on Facebook. So a post pop-up as well. <laughs> uh, hang on, there will be more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, for the folks that don't know Neil, Neil is, uh, he has a big responsibility for a lot of the stuff that you see on the, uh, on the website, uh, on the web today. He's a mover and a shaker at those higher levels. Uh, in fact, he'd make a great guest. We should see if we could get him on the show. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Mike's tool is goo.gl. Uh, great tool. I use it constantly. In fact, uh, well, that was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know what that, I don't know what that was or where it came from, uh, but it was interesting. <laughs> Someone, someone's ringing my bell. Uh, but, yeah, there are uh, – if you go to goo.gul, G-O-O.G-L, if you go there, you will see all of your old um, – all of your old links that you've created for ages and ages. And it gives you a new one every time. The one thing I don't really like about it is you can't create your own uh, addendum to it like you can at some of the paid services. So if I wanted to create something for, um, say, uh, um, B-Day Celebration 2017, can't, can't do that. Can't create a goo.gl slash B-Day Celebration. But uh, it doesn't really matter. And you can tie it into no, yeah. your, your tracking, too. Yeah, no big deal. Mm -hmm. Down and dirty. See, both of the tools today are down and 
30. I'm done. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> no more tools. Uh, All right. Yeah, Facebook. Let's, let's move on. No, hold on. I have to do this right. I can't not do this the right way, Mike. I feel better now. I knew you would. Plus, it gives me time to take a sip of coffee. And you know that noise. That's the news. Uh, you know, I came across this thing the other day. Facebook's been talking about a phone forever and ever and ever, right? I mean, what, five years we've been hearing about a Facebook phone? Absolutely. I keep going well, back. They filed a patent, uh, and the patent appears, appears to be for a phone. They call it a modular consumer device, but that modular consumer device includes a camera, a web browser, a, a phone, and a few other things. So it seems that things there at uh, Facebook have taken a turn, and it kind of be interesting to see what they come yeah. up with. I think it's, you know, no, I years don't. ago I would have said, I don't want a Facebook phone. I, you know what I'm going to say? I still don't want a Facebook phone. But <laughs> I can see a lot of of people who live and breathe uh, via Facebook. Um, okay, maybe that works for them. Mm-hmm. I'm still on the side of, you know what, give me a good app. That's all I want in my phone. Yeah, and I'm not satisfied with the Facebook app itself. There's a lot of issues with that. Um, I'm assuming that if you have a Facebook phone, you're going to be able to do things with Facebook that you cannot do without a Facebook phone. Just word of warning there, I believe that's probably what we'll see. And I think that that Mm kind of leads into our next story, uh, Facebook moving farther away from independent users like you and I and uh, looking to bring in some some bigger guns. And the reason I say that is because they've hired, uh, or I guess actually purchased, Source 3, which is an mm-hmm. online content uh, guardian. So they go out and look for people that are stealing content and shut them down. I am and, all uh, about this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Actually, actually, it's a good thing. And that's the way you get uh, big creators to bring their content uh, to Facebook, um, I don't think that YouTube does nearly a good enough job in in policing that. Mm-hmm. I'll see somebody create something, and then all of a sudden, thirty five other people have it. And a lot of times, the other people will have more hits than the original creator, and all that money really right. should go to the original creator. Um, so, so your th- did you have a chance to read the article? I, you know, I did this morning, um, went through the show notes, and I, originally I thought, okay, well, this article is going to be about, you know, just bringing in big content creators and their push. No, this article happens to be about uh, one of my pet peeves, which is uh, people stealing content. And so often you see in Facebook, uh, there's videos and, you know, People share these videos and they're viral videos of whatever. Well, they're viral um, stolen videos because you know mm-hmm. people stole that video from YouTube or what have you, put it up on Facebook as their own, and I've never been a fan. I've written quite a few posts about this. And so if it brings in the big guys, great. If it helps protect us little guys, 
I'm okay with that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, me too. In fact, I think <clears throat> that the big guys wouldn't even consider moving to Facebook without it. I'm not going to divulge mm-hmm. how it's done, but it's a lot easier to steal a video from Facebook than it is to steal a video from YouTube. It's just, I mean, it's, it's mind-bogglingly simple how to do it. So that would certainly keep people from putting production, you know, production cost type stuff on there. And there are people that go out and do production cost type stuff. If you've ever watched any of the vlogs on on uh, YouTube, I have well, I have one that I really love to watch that only comes out so often. The guy never says a word. He does these primitive skills where he goes out and uh, I think he lives in New Zealand, so he has a head start. He's living primitive anyway. <laughs> but he goes out and he does these things. Uh and, and never says a word, but he gets 8 million, 6 million views to each one. Mike, do you know what 8 million translates? 8 million views translates into money? I have no idea because I've never it, had 8 it million could be, views on anything. It could easily be, and I know this is a wide range, but it depends on the advertisers, between eight and $80,000. Wow. Between 8000 and $80,000. So, yeah, that's a lot of jack. Um, and I think protecting those content creators is really going to help. I guess we better move on because we could talk about that one all day. Uh, you betcha. Oh, yeah. I, I, the next one is cool to me. I'm kind of looking forward to this. Um, HoloLens. So you put these lenses on your face and you see uh-huh. holograms everywhere you look. And you live in a okay. 3D virtual world. Kind of think Star Trek. Uh, where they would go into the holodeck and they'd be, you know, in this <laughs> created world. <clears throat> Same type of thing. Well, this is really interesting because now Microsoft is coming out with a second generation that also adds artificial intelligence to these HoloLens. Okay. Now you've got a world that you can interact with that can interact back with you. Freaky, eh? Mm-hmm. I th- I think yeah I, I I'm not an overly huge fanatic about the the whole VR thing, um, but I think absolutely that's the way to go. Uh, you know, as far as that goes, is to have these things be able to that artificial intelligence part of it all. I love that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely for the gamer. Now let me give you a good example of how VR can really work. Let's say that police officers have a uh, 360 camera mounted onto their body, their, their head, for example. And they're going out and they're doing their thing. And all of this information mm-hmm. is recorded in 360. A crime occurs and it goes to trial. You take that video mm-hmm. from that police officer's 360 cam. Every juror can put those things on and they can look around and see what right. was happening other than where just the plain old today's body cam is shown. That type mm-hmm. of use, awesome. What if uh, you got somebody in China looking to buy a, a home in uh, Sacramento, and the real estate agent puts on a streaming or, or walks through the house with a 360 cam, and the person in China can put on the virtual reality, um, these hollow lenses, and walk through the house at their leisure and look at whatever they want to. I think that the future is pretty bright for it. 
Yeah, okay. I get you. I see that. I'm okay with both of those. I do. <laughs> You're just good okay, examples. Mike. You're an okay guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm good at good examples. <laughs> we can get back to the QR code thing later. <laughs> uh, oh, you come up with a couple of things here. I saw this one that you were talking about. I think that's a great news piece. But is it true? Oh. Did you check it out on Snopes? <laughs> well, so uh, I ran across this article, um, and actually it led me to uh, a GoFundMe page, which was uh, first save Snopes. And so, you know, people – and this is the, – the whole fake news thing is not um, anything uh, new. It's been going on forever, not necessarily in, in the political thing, but people, you know – Every every year, celebrities end up you know being dead, and then you get a little Snapchat that says, "Hey, I'm not dead yet," and it's just a hoax. And you know, people spread, you know, if I get a hundred thousand likes on this, we'll give Tommy a new liver, you know, what have you, kind of stuff. Well, all of this stuff, um, I've always been telling people, "Hey, go over to Snopes." Snopes is not necessarily always correct, but I'm going to say it's a whole lot better than just seeing what your friends post on Facebook. Correct, yeah. as far as that goes. But Snopes, and I think most people should be familiar with Snopes now, but Snopes, their uh, website, I guess it was a host slash developer um, who originally built their site, had also a contract in it for the advertising. And so Snopes was getting money for their advertising on their website or what have you. Well, the contract has been in dispute, and, and now it's completely out. And so even though they uh, – I don't know what's going on, but they're not getting any of the advertising money. So like you just said – you know, as far as how many views on things, I guess it's pretty big because Snopes needs $500,000 or they're shutting down. Oh, oh. well, you know, uh, that's not that much money, really. They should be able to raise that for the amount of work that they do. And I agree with you. They're not always correct, but they give you a, a different direction to look. Uh, and I check out Snopes, too. If they've got a link in there, I click it and I go read whatever's there. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just a, I'm a truth hound. I, I like to when somebody posts something online. Uh, you know, my wife and I have done that for years. We probably could have started Snopes ten or twelve years ago because somebody would say something <laughs> to us, we'd immediately go, uh, you know, googling it and and following it and even pulling some books off the wall. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think they take a lot of cr- uh, criticism from political parties and religions and things because they, you know, they just go out and dig up facts and they put them on there, but. Hey, it is. Uh, it's better. Um, hang on, I'm gonna go check my ether. I'll be right back. <gasps> Where, where'd my ether go? What is this, Mike? What, what are you talking about? Yeah. So you know this whole. Well, okay. Here's another thing that I really couldn't care less about, like like virtual reality. <laughs> it's low on my radar, and it's called cryptocurrency. But. It seems to be a whole lot of the rage. And, of course, everybody has heard now of Bitcoin. Well, there's the alternating thing, alternate uh, version, which is called Ether. Um, and it's kind of uh, – a friend of mine described it as the Wild West. Um, and it's 
just these people are just crazy, crazy. Um, they're they're throwing tons of cash at this. The the people who are into this and wild mm-hmm. swings and stock prices and stuff like that. Well, what's also mm-hmm. happening is. Uh, I think it was a week ago. I think it was two weeks ago. I mentioned, hey, somebody um, hacked the website and stole seven and a half million or something like that. Some uh, little bit. Another guy, a week later, or who knows who, uh, came in and in a different way, in a completely different way, stole 32 million worth. So that's a whole lot more. But the best story of it all was this group of, I'm going to call them uh, good guy hackers, this group of hackers um, went after the bad guy hacker and got the money back. So everybody who lost money in this weird thing. Yeah. I don't know if they're really wearing white hats, but uh, we're going to call them the white hacks versus the the black hat hackers. Mm Mm-hmm. I work with a few, and I can tell you there are no white hats involved. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there's, there's a few. Uh, uh, there's a few what you might call camouflage hats involved, but uh, no. Uh, yeah, that's a great story because uh, it does happen, and it's happened with the other services as well. And I can't imagine taking on a project like that and the security uh, that would be involved. It would, for me, that would be like going to um, Willy Wonka land for a candy lover uh, to get involved mm-hmm. in something like that. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're bumping up to a little bit past time for our topic, but we'll be back in just a moment. Hey, this is Mike Mueller, and in case you didn't know, when I'm not co-hosting the show, I'm busy building websites for small businesses just like yours. But you know what? I do it a little differently than most web developers. First of all, I don't farm anything out. And secondly, I build what you want, not what I think you should have. And I don't just build a website, I don't just throw a template at it and call it a day. I ask you some very specific questions about your business and the goals of the website, and then I build a unique system that fits your needs. And that's something no other web developer does. Check out areweconnected.com forward slash smedge for more details and a special bonus just for you, our listeners. Frustrated with your website? Can't get it to look right or work right? Think it's too expensive to hire a real development company to quickly turn things around? Think again. For as little as $35, Ken Cook will investigate and often correct issues with your website. With over 20 years of web coding experience, he'll quickly identify your challenges and help keep the costs and time to a minimum. Many jobs can be completed the same day. Regardless of where your site is hosted, what platform it's developed on, or what framework is used, contact Ken today at thekencook.com. And instead of working for your website, make it work for you. But of course, hey Mike, I got a complaint about that uh, that spot from someone, from a uh, mm. quote-unquote developer, um, said that yeah. I was bringing down the industry by offering services for $35, and how could I possibly afford to stay in business <laughs> with only $35. Ah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a long story, buddy. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know that I've ever done a $35 job, but uh, actually I have. I have done a couple of $35 jobs. But, uh, yeah, I think they're mostly 35 with a few zeros or a couple zeros on the end, which is, is good. Can't take too many of those, though. Um, there you go. We teased the topic a little earlier today that we we're going to talk about selecting a web hosting company. And it's a question that we have to answer. Now, we have our favorite simple go-tos for most purposes. I'm kind of an all-in-one-spot guy for the average person that's, that's getting a, you know, a three to $5,000 web development, uh, typical WordPress mm -hmm. installation with a custom design and things like that. They're going to be using email there. They don't care about anything else. They're never going to log into the back end of that website. They don't even know how. They don't know what a cPanel is. They don't know what a WHM is. They certainly don't know what Secure Shell is. Um, mm -hmm. So very quickly, let's just explain to the people when we say web server in this context, we're actually talking about shared space on a computer that's mounted in a rack um, somewhere right. at, a, at, a, at a network operations center. It's basically just a computer. Yeah. As you grow, you want less sharing on that computer because sharing takes up speed and, and resources. So you move mm -hmm. up to um, going to a dedicated server. Uh, sometimes that's a dedicated virtual server called a virtual yeah. private server. Or uh, mm -hmm. sometimes it's actually you have your own computer there. And you're spending some money when you get to that. Not not a tremendous amount. You can still get those for a reasonable price. But they need to be always on. What if uh, what if you use your computer at home and at night you just turned your computer off and went to bed? <laughs> you'd you'd have, a, have a little trouble. Plus, you know, I have to say, I mm -hmm. remember back in the day, I remember... Uh, I forget where it was, but there was some business that I was was dealing with, and way back, and where they had there there was a computer, and it basically it was in a closet. That was their server, that was their website in their closet in their yeah. office, and it just stayed on. Yeah, and and I've certainly done that as well. Uh, back in the day, when you when your website, when a web page was maybe uh, what uh, three hundred three hundred thousand um, uh, yeah three hundred kilobytes instead of three megabytes, that was a big difference mm -hmm. because that's the other thing about these server hosting companies is they're connected almost directly to the backbone, so they've got these uh, huge bandwidths that they can supply to you and that's why a website's able to or a web page that's several uh, hundred thousands uh, of kilobytes instead of uh, just smaller ones can load almost quickly and then two, two seconds sometimes one second they can suck the whole thing down so those are the reasons yeah. that we look at, look at web hosts Mike what are some of the basic questions that you get about web hosting ooh well uh, if you you know I'll tell you what if you if you go to any of the web hosts, what they will do first of all is they'll try and sell you their their they'll sell you on price their cheapest whatever and then if you look at all the options you're going to get mired down because you don't know 
much about what you need. You don't know much about what even they're talking about. Um, that said, what I'm, I'm going to say one one of the questions that I get a lot is, um, you know, when I if I'm signing up for a uh, hosting account, a hosting service, a level a, a level of service, um, people want to know, you know, as far as that goes, what about my what about my email? What about, you know, as far as that goes, am I getting the whole thing? And they think that hosting, because really what you do is you take your domain name and you you either buy it at the host, which is totally different as far as that goes, your domain name. You buy it at the host or you bought it at GoDaddy and it's just been sitting around forever and now you point it at the host. And so the next big question is, in thought is, do I get absolutely everything? I just pointed everything over at my new host, email, as far as that goes. Do I get, you know, what do I get with all of this? And there's just a myriad of things that you can uh, get or you don't get. Uh, and right. email seems to be a big one. I think for the average user, for, for the big majority of small companies, they're going to want everything all in one. So that's one of the questions to ask. Now, one of the important questions up front is, am I going to come in and put your website online and then just go away? Or are we going to have a permanent relationship? Like I have clients that every day, every week, uh, I or one of my team members are doing something on their website. Uh, actually, none of those have email hosting on their hosting server. It's either Outlook or, or uh, G Suite, something like that, so that it's, it's mm-hmm. uh, moved away. So the uh, uh, big question there is, are you going to have somebody that's managing this for you? Are you going to have to deal with it yourself? If you're going to have to deal with it yourself, one of the big questions that you need is, do I have 24-7 phone support that I can call somebody up or chat, online chat support, that I can get with somebody right away and get my, my issues resolved. I can tell you that for the higher-end clients, the guys that are spending the, the real jack, you know, um, uh, several mm-hmm. hundred a month or more on hosting, this support is a completely different level. It's just not there. My page won't load. Well, too bad. Fix it. You know, you get your team to do that for you. We don't do that kind of stuff. Some of the other right. ones, the all-in all uh, companies, I mean, we can name several. There's Bluehost, there's GoDaddy, there's HostMonster, there's HostGator, and a lot of those actually go back to the same place, Bluehost and HostMonster, exactly the same company uh, with just different front ends. Um, those guys provide that level of support all the way down to I can't, my, my site's not loading. Now, they won't fix your website for you but they will answer your basic questions about it. I would say that's the majority of uh, clients over the year that I've done all in one. How about you? Yeah, I'm I, for the most part. Um, and I've, the last couple of years, I've taken a little bit of a, a different twist, a different turn. I've recommended a, a couple of uh, different hosting companies that I like. Um, but I'm also, I've got my, you actually mentioned, I've got my dedicated server myself, and I'm able to host people myself. And I only mm-hmm. I, I do a very small little group. Really, if I build your site, I'm happy to host it because I know what went into it, kind of thing. I won't just mm-hmm. I won't just host anybody. Yeah, same same here. Uh, I actually don't do too many on my own. Um, 
but we've got a good relationship with several of those people. Another one of the mm-hmm. things that I think that people really need to be uh, asking is, what is my real budget for this? You mentioned up front, if you go to one of those places that got like the three ninety nine a month for the first year thing, I can tell you if you're going to get any traffic at all, if you're going to have you know, 40, 50 visitors an hour, maybe not even that because you're going to be on the same hard drive as, I don't know, 150, 200, 300 other people, your site's going to right. be slower. Um, so is that, that going to be an issue for you? So the big question is, what's your real budget? Where, where can you really be on this? You know, dollars a year for web hosting, <laughs> that's nothing. And you got to think about it. Is your business, is that what your business is worth? I mean, right. is your business success worth maybe $600 a year, $800 a year to you? Because that's really kind of the range where now you're getting into a really fast-loading, super-capable, high-power uh, hosting uh, account. Wouldn't you agree? And that, that does make a difference as far as that goes. So your host and your where, it's not who your host is, as, as it's also your, you know, are you on a dedicated host? Are you, you know, what are you? And if you're on shared hosting, you're not necessarily, you're, you're going to have a tough time hitting all those speed marks that you want to attain. But I totally agree mm-hmm. with that. Um, you know, I, I also ask, you know, how much traffic are you expecting? You know, what, what kind of business are you doing on this and how much traffic are you, are you going to get hit with? Yeah, exactly. And that does make a big difference because when you're on a shared uh, account like that with 300 other people, it's just naturally going to be slower. We talked a little bit earlier when you go over to Neil Patel's uh, site, you'll see how many requests you're making to the server. Well, just think all those other people, especially if you're all on WordPress or Joomla or Drupal or some other framework that involves frame, uh, uh, you know, themes and, and uh, stuff like that, it's going to all be making those, that many requests back to the server, and every request eats up uh, network server resources and yep. makes that slower. And very quickly, before we jump out into uh, uh, rapid fire, if we even have time for that, I think that uh, one of the important things to, to ask up front is how how can I grow if I hit this head if I hit the, if I use up all my bandwidth can I just expand what I have I know right. you've expanded Mike yeah and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you probably the easiest thing is to start uh, you know on a something you can expand to start on something that's inexpensive and migrate up if you need to not a big thing. Yep. Chances are you don't need you personally don't need secure shell, but there's a good chance your developer may. You may not need FTP, but your your developer almost certainly will. Um, so if you're using a developer, that's always the best place to start. Talk with your developer. Then decide: Are you going to let them make all the decisions, or are they just going to develop this website for you and disappear, or, or are you going to have an ongoing relationship with them? Um, because if they just are going to be there for a minute and they make this decision for you, then there you go. Where are you going to go? <laughs> yeah. Uh, bottom line is, call me or Mike. <laughs> we'll answer that question for you. Uh, in fact, 
I'll answer the question for you whether I'm going to develop for you or not. Mike may probably do the same. I would. Yeah. Darn it, we don't have time for fast thing today. We just no rapid fire. We've used up all of our time, Mike. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Um, final thought. Yeah, like ten seconds. Ooh, 10 seconds, I'm going to say. Well, this is kind of rapid fire in itself. Um, if you're looking at hosts, don't go uh, rock bottom. Um, mm-hmm. Know what you're getting and do a little bit of research before you do. Yep, great advice. It's time to say bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. Thanks for listening to yet another edition of Social Media Edge Radio with your host, Ken Cook, and co-host, Mike Mueller. Stay on top of what's happening by visiting socialmediaedge.com.